This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. A grateful mind is a great mind which eventually attracts to itself great things. Plato. Valeria Tellez interviews Chris Zurich, the author of Be You, The Journey of Self-Realization. Chris has a passion for turning sophisticated topics into accessible, meaningful, and inspiring experiences. With an extensive background in design, psychology, and tech, he has spearheaded empathy-based design in education and business environments alike. In private, Chris enjoys meditating, playing tennis, and writing music. He resides in Los Angeles, California. Meet Chris at Zurich.com. Here's the interview with Chris Zurich. In your own words, who is Chris Zarek today? Hi, Valeria. Thank you for asking. I love the word today uh, that, that, um, because we, we are constantly growing and evolving and, and expanding and sometimes we shrink, but then mm. only to spring forth in, in a bigger and better way. So, uh, But uh, today I'm, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I'm Chris Zarek, author of BU, The Journey of Self-Realization. Um, working on a number of other books, uh, all in the area of authentic living. So I'm really excited to be on this podcast for the third time um, because uh, it creates a, a, a space that is really unique and expansive. And so I, I can't wait wait to get going. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate the encouragement. And we talked earlier about calling. I have to bring that up. It's in my mind about calling and how it is actually not comfortable to answer that call, what we're supposed to be doing here with this life. And this podcast is a calling for me. Uh, in the beginning, it was, I think I was sweating the entire time for the up to the probably 200th interview. It was not easy. The body resisted. It was such an interesting movement to watch. So with that in mind, let me ask you an open question about purpose. Do you see calling, having a dream, and having a purpose? Are they all the same? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, So, you know, we're talking about definitions and, and, and words here. So, you know, words have different meanings to different people. In fact, language is a very kind of uh, imprecise way to communicate and and in many ways unnatural, right? Uh, Energy is something that you can't uh, uh, fake energy. You can't, you know, uh, energy doesn't lie. And and, uh, But we're not conditioned to really work with energy a whole lot, even though we are all sentient beings. uh, but you know, some have a, a more natural ability to to pick up on energy. But uh, this is some, there are obvious examples. Somebody walks into the room and and they're like super sad or depressed. Like everyone notices right away, the energy drops and, and dips. And or somebody who's really excited and high energy walks into the room, that everyone can pick that up as well, right? So those are kind of the you know the extreme examples. But there's there's a whole range of of emotions and, and feelings and energy in between. So dreams and purpose and all this is, is uh, kind of part of a, a larger uh, uh, toolbox of, of vocabulary that, that can mean certain things. Um, I think dreams, for example, are very often um, just ideas that we've been conditioned to, uh, to believe in and, and ultimately outcomes that we're, we're conditioned to live for. 
and you know media and society and parents you know it's all it can be well meaning it doesn't have to it's not detrimental but the what winds up happening is is we we create a vision a snapshot of the future um, some future state in which we'll have all of these things or these this type of lifestyle or this situation or this much money or whatever it may be relationships and so forth and then and then that constitutes happiness that 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 snapshot and snapshots are never um, they're static and life is never static right L- life is moving and and so this static state where all these pieces are in place th- this will never happen because even if you get to that particular moment it will continue to evolve from there and change and morph so life is always moving and changing and um, so these dream, you know, dreams. If you interpret kind of like wanting to be someone or become something or have a job and or house, all these things are there. It's a, it's kind of a limiting belief in a way. <laughs> um, so and then, but purpose, yeah, and then purpose goes a little more to the heart of of you know, you think about why you're here and and what your calling is and what you're good at and so forth. And of course, there's the um, the focus on the outer purpose that we're more or less conditioned to believe in a career and, or having a family or what it might, whatever it might be. And, um, but the real purpose starts from within and then understanding yourself, who you are and, and your true inner blueprint. And then an expression of this self-knowledge can be, it'll be whatever it'll be on the outside, but you have to start with the inside. You can't pursue these things on the outside and then hope to achieve peace and calm and, and happiness and, and, and tranquility um, by achieving those things. Uh, the, the purpose has to start within. And, and this kind of goes to what we were saying right before we started, is that often the purpose is not going to be what you kind of envisioned. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? What we envision is happy, easy, abundance, and all, you know, it's going to be a smooth ride, smooth sailing. And, and that's just not life in, by nature. Um, and, but that's not a bad thing. The nature of life is, is diverse and, and it's infinite and the possibilities, it could be anything. So to, to think that we can pull out a few slivers here and there of ideas and say, oh, this is what my life is going to be like. And then I'll get to that place and then I'll be happy. It's just, it's very limiting and, and, and not realistic. <laughs> yeah. Everything you say resonates so true to me in my heart. When I think about being free in the sense that you speak of, to me it comes as being open to life, to every moment. Even the thought patterns that sometimes I observe within the mind, they seem to have been always there, but maybe before I was not conscious or aware of them, and now I am. And they have not changed. But the interesting thing is that even though the thought patterns, they are not changing in a sense of um, small habits, like getting, let's say, frustrated when it comes to violence, in this case, the war between Ukraine and Russia. So it's really, I feel like all these energies and these thoughts um, that resist violence, that they don't understand uh, what's happening, and, and there's almost a conflict. But I see that the life, the way I carry, day to day, moment to moment, it's completely different. My life, the life, the way I live, it doesn't reflect those patterns, those thought patterns. So I guess uh, I wonder if they ever go away. Yeah. So that's a really powerful share right there in, in that uh, the, the main difference to Valeria before and today is, is the, the degree to which you believe your thoughts. Mm, yeah. Right. So yeah. the thoughts just pop up; they just happen um, because it's kind of their life. There, we have uh, sensory senses. We're connected. We're plugged in. The more plugged in we are into life, into nature, and our environment, and people, and energies, and things happening, and and the, the more we're going to experience, and just all of these experiences will flow through us. And they and and part of that is is thoughts arising around those experiences. And, and, and thoughts and feelings, and and so the the whole key to 
the, the keyword freedom, right? The point where you're truly free is not to get rid of these mm. thoughts or, mm. or cling to the ones you like and get rid of the ones you don't like, or, <laughs> right. or to push away feelings that you dislike, right? Yeah. It's to actually let them all arise and pass, arise and pass, flow through you. Just this, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, it's overload if we are truly connected and experiencing everything without resistance, uh, without clinging to the good stuff mm. either, mm. and just let it pass through and just be part of that amazing flow. It's almost too much thing because then you kind of flip out. It's like, ah! Yeah. So, so, <laughs> you know? yeah. so I think a part of just being human and, and kind of hanging on to some things is, to, is that the miracle of being alive would just be too intense if we experienced every mm-hmm. present moment, you know, being purely present. So anyway... I love the way you say, explain these things because they're not easy things to understand with the intellect, but which the message that you communicate is being heard as just being life itself, which is something that for some reason it keeps kind of hovering over me as the, if there's a truth, that will be the truth, that I am life. I don't have one. So it makes sense. So just being alive, being here, it's just, it's everything. It cannot be just one thing. So that makes sense. And I love what you said about not believing the mind. So that's exactly what I do. <laughs> I don't believe what the mind says most of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And something really powerful, again, is the Living through the mind, the mind is a tool and it, the way it works is it defines things. It tries to know things and understand things and label things. And, and there's nothing bad about that. It. It's just how it works. Right. But if we live exclusively through that, through that mind, what labeling things does is create distance to them. When you say this over there is a tree, you're saying you're now creating separateness, a sense of separateness. It's a tiny little sense of separateness. I'm over here and the tree is over there, right? Um, and, and, and even the label of I'm not the tree, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're separate from it, right? But we do this all day long if we're just living through the head, separateness here, separateness there. And before you know, it, we're just feeling separate from life. And even though, like you just said, we are life. We're such an expression and and such one of the most amazing expressions of life. I mean, not to diminish trees or right. or the creatures or the mountain or the clouds and the sky. I mean, all of that is yeah. insane. Yeah, <laughs> but, I know. But we are really insane. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny the way you say that because insane in the sense of unbelievable. When I was, I think, seven years old, I remember, perhaps even younger, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and saying, Oh, oh, you're here again. You came back oh, in a new wow. body. So without knowing anything about it, was never taught anything about reincarnation or anything about philosophy on the human experience, none of that. So I knew nothing intellectually. But I asked that question, or I said that to myself, Oh, you're here. Oh, you're here again in a new body. That, in a way, stayed with me forever. Back to this moment, it's very clear. It's very powerful, that kind of knowledge that we are here again. So with that, I ended up asking so many more questions and deeper questions and going deeper into (laughs) my quest of getting to know what that meant. And in the end, it's, uh, I mean, the end meaning now, here now, is I still wonder because I read so much and I expose myself and the mind to a lot of these, um, let's say, spiritual, deep spiritual teachings. And one of the latest ones, which is not an, a new one, it's very ancient, is about karma. So the body itself is the um, manifestation of deep ignorance. And mm-hmm. because we knew so little about ourselves in so many previous lifetimes, we just keep coming back here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would love to hear from you. Does it make sense to you that karma has to do with being the human body? I know we find it to be incredibly fascinating and mm-hmm. some of us, you know, incredibly beautiful and why not? This experience is amazing. How did this come to be? How did this happen? And yeah. does it make sense to you that this is actually coming from ignorance to be here in the human body and to go through all the suffering, unnecessary suffering that we go through? 
Yeah, I mean, so um, the insights I've had around this topic, and it's one of the deepest ones, right? It's it's pure existentialism, why everything is the way it is, and um, and you know how can we, you know, venturing out to the outer edge of thought uh, <laughs> to, be, to yeah. be able to even think about it. Um, you know what I've found for myself is um, that there is um, there's certainly some truth, if you want to use that word, to um, the body being a container for lower frequencies, unconscious frequencies. Um, in fact, if we were all super high vibrating, you know, we'd be, we'd be vapor. We couldn't be, we couldn't be in a body, right? It's, it's just, so to be in a body requires our, uh, us to kind of be in the lower realms of the energy spectrum. And, um, and then when we leave our body, you know, the, the, the physical shell goes away and then, and then we're back into free form spirit, right? And, and, uh, that's when we can vibrate any which way we want. But while we're here, there's kind of, a it's a, it's this process of, um, of embodying, um, lower, you know, unconscious energy and, and in the course of life, um, generating, conscious energy out of that, transmuting um, all of these unconscious uh, traits such as self-loathing. We transmute that in, as part of the journey of self-realization into self-love. Um, we, we transmute uh, the, these kind of lower frequencies and we can tell it doesn't feel good to be depressed, right? It doesn't feel good to, to think low of yourself. It doesn't feel good to be in fear it doesn't feel good to be anxious. All, all of these lower frequencies, as we heal, as we come out of them, and there's many ways to heal, then, then we uh, release those lower frequencies and, and allow higher frequencies to, to, to take hold. And, and so, um, you know, it, it, it's a big discussion because everything exists as a, in a dualistic system. Uh, everything has its purpose. Everything is valid. So it's not like we're getting rid of lower frequencies. Um, the, the the true true enlightenment, I think, is to to be a container for all of it. You can uh, you're not pushing away the the lower frequencies either. You're just experiencing them as they come up. Of course, the more you focus and, and nurture uh, a, a higher kind of beingness in yourself, then the less they impact you. They just zip right through you and you can feel them but they're still there i also have heard because i study advaita vedanta you probably have heard about mm -hmm, those teachings yeah. it's interesting to say this is a dream but it never happened it's not happening but we're yeah. imagining everything which also makes a lot of sense to me i don't know how it makes sense <laughs> to the mind yeah. it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, can, it can definitely be a system within a system within a system it's, it's kind of a, a rabbit hole there but i mean it's staying within this container, the we definitely impact our energy impacts the people around us, the the, the things around us, the animals around us, plants and trees. Everything is impacted by our energy, and and so even if we leave our our body, uh, we we leave behind an kind of an imprint of of the state of awareness that we were in, and uh, and that gets to live on in others. So we're we're all connected. We're, we're even if we come back in this, you know in, a, in another body, and we're kind of like a, a lot of our old self is still there, and, and the lessons we need to learn and so forth. It all continues. But we're we're in, in the meantime along the way, we're continuously uh, connected and 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 affecting each other. And um, so you know, it's so important. Going back to your question about purpose, it's so important to not. Um, have to find this like a job or a function, a role that that is this purpose. But if you're if you've gone through a lot in your life and you've experienced a lot of you know suffering and, and that's made you into a a, a, a shining light in, that is deeper and, and broad and deep uh, in many aspects of life. It could be you know if you've suffered in relationships or lost loved ones or or in in, in finance and and. and and in all of this life-building exercise that we're in, um, it, it actually you would have a better and bigger impact on the world and on raising the collective frequency by 
by by shining that light as a parent or shining that light at the workplace or shining that light with your friends and family or traveling or whatever it may be, being a little league coach, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be this one big on a pedestal kind of position and, and a, a, a title that you have. I think it, those have their place, but um, the more experienced and, 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 and like life-wise you are, the, the more you bring that light to everything that you be picking up the pizza at the place down the street, you're, you're shining your light on everyone you encounter. Mm, I love that. Yeah. What a beautiful message for all of us to live by. Yes. So let's talk about the incredible power of gratitude. The first question is, how do you define gratitude, Chris? Wow. Okay. So gratitude is incredibly, um, just incredibly powerful. It's such a wonderful thing. It's one of the few things that um, focusing on the external brings you closer to the internal and, and then just the collective unity of life. Um, normally, you know, we, we get uh, infatuated with the external, but then there's uh, the the experience really is to then to let go of it and and because you're we're seeking ourselves our happiness our joy and we're seeking love in these external people places and things and then we realize well no they're not here to provide this for us that there could be temporary joy in those experiences but it's not permanent and so the 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 core lesson of life in getting infatuated with the external is that you then learn to release it so that you can l- discover the love and the passion for creation that went into those things, not the things themselves. And that same passion of creation is within yourself, that you're part of that. So you, you, that's how, typically the, the journey of, of life. But now with gratitude, this is this is amazing thing where you, you start with one thing. I'm, gra- I'm grateful for you know, having a roof over my head or I'm grateful for the job that's providing you know, a paycheck for, to put food on the table for family, family and so forth. And I'm grateful for my health. And these are very broad things and, and, um, and it's, of course, uh, easy to be grateful for those and it's important. Uh, but then if you, if you stay in that mind, I hate to say mindset, um, you know, yeah, yeah, but, know. but if you keep going with that gratitude attitude, right? Attitude of gratitude, then, then it starts to narrow your focus. Well, okay. I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm grateful for that roof over my head. I'm also grateful for having this computer and being able to do these things and record or do work. And, um, and I'm grateful for, um, you know, even the television screen for people to enjoy the documentary that, you know, and, and so, and it just, it starts to get narrower and narrower when you, when you keep practicing gratitude, you get so into, uh, the, the minutia and you realize that, oh my gosh, every, I can be grateful for everything. And, and, and what it does is take a, it takes us into the present moment, into the into the absolute micro detail of the present moment of everything is is something to be grateful for and including ourselves and so it's just so powerful the energy that starts to build from from practicing gratitude and the momentum and the and the lens shift on on all of life um, it's so powerful and I'm, I'm only recently really realizing that, that, uh, my gosh, it's the simplest thing to do and uh, anyone can understand it. Um, it can be practiced and you don't need, it doesn't have any dogma attached to it. Um, and, and, and it's, it's so easy and so fast that you start to like get into a, an upward positive, uh, spiral. I usually write to, like when I write to emails to anyone, I always include from the very beginning, thank you for something and then gratitude in the end. But it has changed. So I noticed a movement where now at the end, instead of saying much love and deep gratitude, I say much love and deep appreciation. So do you see a difference between gratitude and appreciation? For some reason, it changed for me, the way I mm. write and talk. Mm. Well, this is where I would flip the table yeah. <laughs> on you yeah. and ask you, like, how does, how does it feel differently? And, and what, what's, what's, what are you experiencing? Where in your body do you experience the, that shift, that change from gratitude to mm. appreciation? 
Yeah, let me see if I can put into words. Gratitude feels, it's almost like a, on a larger scale, it's almost like looking the big picture of things. And then appreciation, it feels like there's more presence. It, it requires me to be present, to be here now in order to appreciate anything. So yeah. I think that's what it comes to me now. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. And that's ultimately the journey of self-discovery is, is, um, there's, uh, and, and that's your truth, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, in, yeah. in my role or anybody else's role for each other, we're here to, to, uh, hold space for everyone to, to become more authentic, more in touch with what's real for them, what, what matters for them. And, um, you know, we said these are just definitions, but there are feelings there. There's a, there's insight attached to, to these words and what, what's really behind it. And, uh, and I can totally, I could, I could maybe add just from what I'm picking up from your description that there's also, um, there's a, there's a, it's a little more humble. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. recognizing yourself as the drop in the ocean. And, and so it's, it's also, it, it appreciates the bigger picture, but it, it also, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. Oh my God. So. Yeah, I love I love what you said because it feels right. The body responded. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the peace of being humble, right? For everything I do, the way I do it, the things in front of me, like listening to your voice now. I write deep because it is deep to the core. It's almost like it has to do with the heart too, because I feel the energies with in the chest, like they're moving. Oh, so, yes. So that's exactly what, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. So this is what I call a heart virtue. And uh, it's something that if when you're a public speaker, you're, you train and practice and you find what, what in your experience in your life, um, what, what, what vision or what, what, what's a trigger for you to come out of your head and into your heart space. Because if you're up on stage and you're talking to audiences, they notice right away if you're like, playing a script in your head and, and self-conscious versus really open coming from the heart space. And, and for me, it is that vision of being a drop in the ocean that, that puts me into the heart space because I, I feel so humble to be alive. Yeah, right. That's it, Chris. I love the way you speak about these things because there's a lot of clarity and sometimes it's not easy to put into words and uh, you're doing that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm. Um, another question. Let's see. I have way too many. Yeah. Talk to me for a moment. This could be fun about the most powerful experiences you have had when it comes to gratitude and appreciation. Yeah. I would love to hear a bit more about that. Well, <laughs> um, so my one of the most powerful experiences I've had was very recently, only a couple of weeks ago, and I was at a, at a meditation retreat, and um, it was a, um, a intention burning gratitude circle kind of ceremony, and um, I um, it just got me into a place of um, you know following where my heart was taking me, and I just became aware of of the, the, the incredible uh, love that I have received and that I feel for my mother. And, um, and really just, you know, the emotions just poured out of me f- from there. And, and, and there's a, a recognition there. What we do, and we, we, we're usually too young to recognize when these things happen, is we, we, we create walls. We, you know, even myself growing up, I wanted to be my own person. And then just like, you know, every preteen or teenagers, like I want my own life, my own identity. And we, we put up these emotional blocks, these emotional walls to, to the love that maybe a caregiver, a parent or an uncle or, or a teacher or others want to, that they're sending our way. And, and we're not aware that we're doing it. And then we carry that, that wall forward into our adult relationships and so forth. And, and only when it kind of comes crashing down, do we realize, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been not appreciating. I haven't, been in touch with it as deeply as I could. And uh, so this was a massive moment of gratitude for me, uh, uh, just uh, feeling feeling the, the unwavering uh, love that uh, she, my mom had always uh, extended my way. So deeply grateful for that. 
That's beautiful and can be felt even in the way that you speak about it. Yeah, there's an energetic resonance. I love that. Another question I have was was a comment that I wanted to make. No. Yeah, so gratitude is a practice, right, Chris? It's not a state of mind or a state of being. Yeah, that's correct. And it's 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 the easiest practice in the way it's almost like it's play. Really, it's uh, you can you can be sitting on the couch or, or, or in front of your breakfast bowl <laughs> and and and, st- and start doing it. Right, I'm I'm, a, yeah. I'm just so grateful for having a spoon to to lift this amazing food that got here through how ma- however many channels and and uh, and my oat milk to go along with it and tastes so yummy and my body and I'm feeling it and so I mean just endless. You can see, you know, it's just. And it's imaginative too. It's 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 it it, it's, um, it really unlocks you at all, at so many different levels. And um, so I, I would of all the practices, because uh, on the other end, I'm also you know hardcore meditator where I, I've sat for you know ten days in silence many many times, and and that I, I get that part as well. And there's there's deep benefits that come from that. But uh, the simplicity and kind of the everyday, every situation, you can carry this attitude of gratitude with you and let, let it color the way you experience life. And, and it will bring you in. It will bring you closer. People are open up. Um, and they're, they're less defensive. They, uh, it's, it's, it's an inclusive attitude. Um, and uh, it's just 100% all around beneficial it changed everything. It has been my experience. And especially when that movement happened from gratitude, big picture, to the simple things, appreciating the smallest things just that are here now in front of me. Yeah. And now it's just, uh, it has been fun. Although sometimes it's, um, I'm not saying that's easy because sometimes we are hijacked by the mind too. And then presence is not there. And then I'm listening to the mind and seeing what's happening there. And um, I don't spend a lot of time in with the mind giving attention to it when it's not appreciative of whatever is happening. But it still happens. I don't believe there is destination when it comes to the practice of anything. It seems to me like it's a constant effort to enjoy this life, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. It's practice and effort. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, that's that's a really wonderful um, uh, statement. I'm, I'm thinking it, initially it does take effort, um, but, you know, when – and let's use the word appreciation instead of gratitude. Um, and, and cause it's kind of a refined, um, there's less pressure when you use, um, appreciate and you don't have to come up with this big gratitude. Right. Thing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so right. It's easier to appreciate yeah. more things, smaller things in, in everything really. Um, and I think what, what happens, so it, it opens the heart space and, there comes a point where the heart doesn't close up again. It uh, it just stays open, right? Um, and it just you, it, you've integrated that appreciation for life and that that proximity and closeness and that in tuneness. Um, and it's really, I mean, maybe traumatic things that can kind of that all have their own lesson again. That just again to deepen you even more. But um, but for the most part, you stay open and, and aware once once you you get to that place, and um, and uh, it just gets easier to to live the art of living to just let all experiences flow through you. And I, I wake up these days, and um, there are mornings when I just feel crappy, just feel crappy, and and there's weird feelings and just unhappy feelings. I don't even know what they are or where they come from. It does, you don't really have to know. Is All you have to do is be aware of them. Be aware that, oh, this is what I'm feeling it, and this is where I'm feeling it and give it give it space to be, give it the attention and it'll pass. It, it just passes and before you know it, you're, you're up and vibrating at a higher frequency again doing taking care of business and, and so uh, you just let these depressive kind of feelings move through you and then you carry on. Um, and so the, the easier you let life flow through you, the more you're living. You talked earlier about separation. It's so true. Uh, when I think about the mind automatically separates whatever it is that it wants to judge or criticize or label, it has to separate. 
in order yes. to do that. So that's when I know that's where it's, the thoughts are coming from and I'm giving attention to them. It's coming from separation from the mind because I can hear the thoughts. When it's the heart space, when it's coming from that, then it's, there's no space anymore, no distance. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It's, everything's happening here now and it's integrated. It's, it's just a whole. There's no parts anymore. That's just incredible. I love that, um, this piece of experience. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> seem like an experience anymore, but it's almost like it's a flow of what is, of this that we mm-hmm. call life. So it's flowing, but there's no really a beginning, a middle, and end. And it's just, and it's complete in itself. Yeah. It's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. One thing to, to for the listeners, um, it's the because there might be this impression, oh, now I'm just going to experience everything, you know, ups and downs and, of life, and I just have to be okay with it. No, it's not that. It's it's actually the ups and downs happen because we cling to certain things and we resist to other feelings. So it's the clinging and resisting, the reacting to our our feelings that is causing the roller coaster up and down. But the absence of reacting and, and actually just feeling the feelings. It's it's a much smoother ride. You kind of rise up a, over and, 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 and as like an observer to all of it, to all your feelings. And, and you're in, a, in such a powerful and, and trusting and, and, and calm place where these feelings, you're still experiencing them. Some are comfortable, some are uncomfortable, but they become very small. They're very manageable, very like, oh, there's, you know, there's a... Super happy feeling. I'm going to feel it while it's happening, but I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll, I'll let it pass as well. And then here comes a depressed feeling. And <laughs> same thing. I was like, there it is, and there it goes. <laughs> it is the um, clinging that, in a lot of the spiritual teachings, it's called attachment. That is true. We we do, and that's okay to do that too, right, Chris? I try to be open to everything the way it happens. If sometimes I cling to something, it's okay too. Yes. <laughs> I kind of forgive myself really quick <laughs> and, and let go. Absolutely, just experience everything. If you're if if you're gonna cry, cry. If right. you're gonna be exuberant, and, and <laughs> just be it, live it, 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 love it. You're alive. It's just a miracle that you know. Don't get too caught up on, on on things, you know, having to be a certain way. Just experience it all and, and uh, enjoy it while you're here. Yes, uh, what a beautiful message. A lot of activists will not appreciate the message of not, <laughs> not taking it seriously and fighting <laughs> for something. Right. Uh, so another question I have for you. I have read something interesting about being ungrateful and how to recognize that in ourselves and others. Some say is the uh, being ungrateful, it's being selfish. And that comes from... Certain personality types or perhaps um, behaviors, I'm not sure that that's almost like a psychological kind of assessment, but they talk about people who tend to be envy, materialistic or narcissistic, cynics, people who are vain. I wonder if this is something that we can really talk about when it comes to gratitude, is that do you see the opposite attributes or like traits that would make us less grateful and this sometimes could be genetics too so we can some people can change mm. well i mean off the bat I, I do think everyone can change it's just uh, mm. you know right. it's takes takes more work or it takes longer or or something but our our innate being is one of of the the love for creation. There's passion and joy and happiness that is inside of all of us. That is the core. Now there are layers, layers, and layers from different experiences and different lifetimes, if we want to go there and so forth, that that block us from experiencing that that unity. But um, um, so yeah, there's I can see how being ungrateful and 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 selfishness and narcissism, all these things are, are kind of all related. Um, I, I think ultimately it comes from a place of um, deep woundedness. Um, you don't, you're not in, at peace with yourself. These are all kind of 
protection mechanisms or avoidance behavior or uh, and they're just so deeply rooted that they you know they they seem like they're part of your personality um and uh you know for those individuals will have to just dig even deeper to um to 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 come out of those those places and um there there is a way for everyone that's it's 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 also part of duality for everything that exists there's a for every wound there's a, a healing you know state for everything that has has become jumbled up there is the unjumbled state right um so it's just finding it and that's really it takes us to the question of why are some uh, more driven than others to really embrace this this journey of self-realization and 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 and, and go deeper and really commit your life to that. And um, I think naturally everyone gets to a point where this kind of surface existence of just living for outcomes, it, it lets you down. That's just, uh, it's part of the design. We're supposed to pursue these things and fall in love with goals and outcomes to thinking that it will make us permanently happy only to learn that they don't. Mm-hmm. And then, and yeah. then what, right? And then there's a little question mark starts to pop up. Well, if it's not this, then maybe it's this other thing. Then we pursue that. And then again, no, not this. So slowly, but surely life pushes us in the direction of, of looking within after we've looked everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. I have some quotes here too, some gratitude quotes, but before that, talk to me for a moment about mindfulness and meditation, Chris. Gratitude, mindfulness, and meditation. Wow. Okay. So that is one of my favorite favorite things to talk about. Um, you know, being aware of oneself is primarily it's being aware of your sensations. It's being aware of the experiences as we walk through the world. Uh, our our senses interact with our um, environment, and they send signals. To our brain, which then interprets those. Those signals show up as feelings, sensations somewhere in our body. Now, um, we're so conditioned to react to those feelings and, and push the ones we don't like away and, and then cling to the ones we like. And that's what gets them stuck. So we're, we're, we're kind of full of these layers of stuck feelings, positive and negative, doesn't matter. We're just full of layers of stuck, stuck feelings. And, and so the, the journey of becoming more aware and becoming mindful, living mindfully, is to start to undo those and release those stuck feelings and, and become – and we, how do we release them? Well, by becoming aware of them, by giving them space to be and, and no longer just blindly reacting to them. So the, the core, I think, across all forms of meditation is, is to become more aware of – of your sensations, your experiences, and and your feelings, and to just allow them to be, and um, and so the more you sit and meditate, my personal practice is in vipassana, which is you know um, just scanning body scanning your bodies. Others might you know have tried yoga nidra, which is a simpler form of that, um, but where you're just scanning your body and and observing your you know different body parts and how they respond to your the air around you, to the clothes on your skin and so forth. You just become more and more aware of, of your feelings and they're constantly happening. Left and right, all day long, our bodies are biochemical, electrical current you know, units that are always active. And this, this life current that flows through us, we need to become more aware of it uh, in, in order to then experience experiences when they happen. So, um, you know, highly recommended meditation, all forms, look for what works for you. Try, start with something basic and, um, but breath work and, and, uh, you know, inner child. And there's so many, EMDR tapping, I mean, just endless, so many wonderful, uh, uh, practices that you can, you can try out and see if it works for you. I love the body awareness piece that you speak of. That meditation sounds like it's very mental. That we stay there, we sit down, and we stay in our headspace. But it's quite the opposite. It's observing everything and bringing it down to the body. Yeah. Well, you're right, though. It is a challenge. It's a mental challenge because the mind is so used to 
uh, dominating proceedings. Like it, uh, thoughts appear and we believe the thought and follow it down a rabbit hole and that thought leads to the next thought. <laughs> and, yeah. and so we spend, you know, some yeah. people estimate we spend 93% of our day lost in thought. And that's just the mind being a dictator and, and how to wrestle control away from that mind. So when you're sitting and meditating, you're, you're really uh, observing a thought come along and then it hijacks you because you're focused on your breath. But a thought will come along and, and hijack you and, and then you're lost for 10, 20 minutes, however long. And then you kind of wake up and go, oh my gosh, I was lost in thought. And then you bring your attention back to your body, back to your breath. And so for you could be sitting in meditation for an hour and... 59 minutes of it you're lost in thought (laughs) (laughs) but but that extra those extra seconds that that you're you catch yourself sooner drifting off um and you bring bring, bringing the attention back to your your body and your sensations that's what creates the space uh the the awareness the freedom the trust the 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 self-knowledge into something you know there's something bigger to life than just believing our thoughts and and you just ex- expand that little minute till it grows into two and three and four and, 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 and longer. And there are days you still wake up, you know, for myself and, and where like I just can't, the mind is so unruly, it's, it's so wild. And then to be okay with that is really the, the next level, the ultimate level is, okay, mind is really, this is what it's doing today. And I'm just going to allow it to do that. Thank you so much, Chris, for your presence here again. Uh, I love talking to you. (laughs) Everything about you just spells wisdom, clarity, healing. So those words, they come to me. So thank you so much for being you. Mm, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And before we end the conversation today, I want to go through some of the quotes that I found about gratitude that they caught my attention. And I would love to know which one resonates with you too. So the first one is by a Jesuit priest. He said, it's not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. And then Plater said, a grateful mind is a great mind which eventually attracts to itself great things. And then in the Bhagavad Gita, it says... Whatever it's coming to you, you should have some level of contentment. And with contentment comes gratitude. If you are discontent, how can you be grateful? Question ends with a question. And then the last one is from Marcel Proust. Says, let us be grateful for people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. I love these quotes. <laughs> oh, they are so yeah. beautiful. You know, it, it would be hard to pick a favorite because they all address different, you know, different angles and different perspectives and they have different effects. They, the first one stood out for me. I, you know, I was raised Catholic and, and I have, um, you know, just uh, I, I like the, the, the simplicity of that and, and just kind of uh, the, I went to Loyola Marymount Jesuit College and and uh, so I, that that sounds that rings familiar. Uh, Plato, my my dad was a huge fan, and, and he would read all the big philosophers and history buffs and, and so forth. And and so that one rings true as well. And um, the um, Bhagavad Gita is is obviously super deep. And 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 then the last one is about you know how we impact others with our our the way we carry ourselves, which is something we talked about earlier. Is how our light we shine our light and in, in everything we do, even the smallest things. Yes. Um, uh, so, so those are all beautiful. I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's the most practicing what you preach too, right? <laughs> Letting everything move and, yes. and dance yeah. as they do. Yeah. Thank you so much again, Chris. And before I ask you my final question, would you like to add anything else that we left unsaid? Oh my gosh. So, um, I mean, I want to thank you for creating the space and, and, um, and allowing, you know, the conversation to unfold as it does. And, and there's just magic in that and, uh, everything that you do outside of the podcast, right? You do so much more. I want the, the listeners to know that and, uh, and they should look it up and, um, and, uh, it's just such a beautiful calling that you've stepped into that role. And we talked about earlier how, 
a true calling is something that's never easy. It, it forces us to grow, right? And and um, so uh, the way you've grown, and even in, in the time that that I've seen you and, and we've known each other, it's just a, a beautiful sight to, to to behold. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, I really appreciate that, and the body appreciates especially. <laughs> I often say that because it is true. It's the only part that uh, sometimes it tends to complain. Certain parts of the body. It has been an interesting experience to be around people like you and and see how much. I, quote-unquote, <laughs> have evolved. The energies have changed. So it has been an amazing experience. Thank you for being part of it. And my last question uh, before the technical one is, what is one message from our conversation today you wish listeners to take with them? Mm. I think what stands out is, because we often get um, overwhelmed, depending on where we are and, and and even when we're evolved in one area in life, there, there's, you know, life has a way of finding mm. our blind spots. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is to not get frustrated by that and just to experience it and live it and love it and, and uh, try to carry this, this, this miracle of life, the gratitude and this attitude and the appreciation and all that with us wherever we go. Because it's like a shield that... It, um, it protects us and, and it doesn't just protect us, it... it, it it, it it makes us feel ourselves as uh, the really the infinite power that we are the the the, the limitlessness from which we you know <laughs> arise from and, and that we return to it's it's like it brings us closer to that and even if it's just a little little step little tiny taste it's it, uh, it's worth it and it makes all the difference and um, so. Uh, always keeping that in mind, no matter, especially when we're feeling down or, or uh, you know, down on our luck and things don't happen the way we imagine them, them to happen. There's there are you know energies at work that are so beyond our comprehension of uh, you know what we think should have happened and, and these things that just trusting a little bit and and uh, appreciating everything for just happening. Um, and that, that gets us more into alignment with uh, with the true power that we are. Thank you so much again, Chris. Thank you. And before we say goodbye today, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, coaching services, and future projects? Yes. So you can uh, find me online on my website, sirach.com. I'm on all the social media platforms at, uh, uh, at Chris Sirach. And um, look for my books on Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble and Apple and Google Play and all, all the platforms that's out there. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you again and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Chris Zurich and his work, please visit Zurich.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.